I hear the voice of my grandmother calling me. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling. Wake up, wake up, she says, wake up, wake up. Listen, 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 listen. May the rivers all run free. May the mountains be unspoiled. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling me. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling. Wake up, wake up. She says, wake up, wake up. Listen, 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 listen. May the rivers all run free. May the mountains be unspoiled. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. Hello and welcome to the Womb-Centered Healing Podcast. I'm Sama Morningstar, and before we get started, I wanted to share with you some announcements about what's happening this fall in the Womb-Centered Healing Temple. So as you may have heard in previous podcast episodes, the first Biomystical Womb nine-month apprenticeship is has begun. It started on October 31st, 2019. And there are uh, segments of practice that we'll be doing throughout the nine months that are lovely to get involved in, even if you didn't start at the beginning. So we'll be doing ancestral healing for the first few weeks. We'll be doing rebirthing practices for the next few weeks. We'll be doing remothering practices for the following segment. We'll be reinitiating ourselves in uh, through menarche, uh, our first sexual experiences, um, creative partnership, and sexual initiation. We'll be re-initiating ourselves into our enchantress archetype, our mother archetype, our wise woman, our wise one archetypes. So lots of initiations over the next uh, sequence of months. You're welcome to join us even if you didn't start at the beginning. Uh, you can go to wombcenteredhealing.com to learn more about the Biomystical Womb Nine Moon Apprenticeship. So just wanted to share with you about that. I look forward to seeing you there. And here we go with uh, this episode of the Womb-Centered Healing Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Womb-Centered Healing Podcast. I'm Sama Morningstar and I have Cassandra here with me today. Cassandra is a naturopath, and I got to meet Cassandra in a podcast guest speaking group that I'm involved in, 
she said that she was a naturopath focusing on women's reproductive health and, and wanted to be a guest on our podcasts. And I said, me, come join us on the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. So thank you, Cassandra, for joining us. And you have, I'm sure, a, a rich wealth of information to share with us. But I'd love for you to start out by simply introducing yourself a little bit more in detail, sharing about your background, how you got into becoming a naturopathic doctor, and how you perhaps maybe some personal stories about why it, women's reproductive health has become such a central focus of your practice. Yes, thank you so much for having me here on the podcast. So my name is Cassandra Wilder, and I am a naturopathic doctor. And as you said, I have a specialty in women's health, but specifically in menstrual cycle regulation. Mm -hmm. And so I've been in practice for the last three years and initially didn't come into naturopathic medicine really intending on focusing on women's cycles. In fact, I was more interested in glandular health, thyroid, gut health. However, I continued to see over and over again that women had this deep disconnect from their cycles, which caused them to have issues throughout their entire bodies. And so I started to realize that I really needed to focus in on the hormonal aspects of health to really be able to serve these patients and clients. Before I did any of this, I created the brand Goddess Ceremony. And so we lead sacred women's retreats and trainings all over the world. So I was already really immersed in the sacred side of all of this, the aspects of the womb and the cervix and the yoni and how to support this tri-goddess energy that lives within the feminine. And so it became a really cool opportunity for me to bridge these two worlds. We tend to think of the spiritual as this fluffy stuff, and we tend to think of science as this really rigid um, area and really there's such a beautiful melting pot that occurs when we bring them together. And we see that there's really a lot more similarities than differences. Mm -hmm. So over the last couple of years, my focus has come into women's health cycle regulation and helping women heal their womb so that they can experience what it really means to be connected to the divine feminine. Mm, beautiful. And I imagine that you have some personal experiences that lit up your interest in all of this from the get-go. Um, I'd be curious to hear more about that. Yes. I think like most women, I grew up feeling like I didn't have any education about my body. I didn't know what was supposed to happen. My first menstrual cycle was very traumatic because I didn't know what was happening. I had no understanding of, of what was supposed to be uh, coming at this age. And so um, it was very common for me to have debilitating periods, to spend the entire first day of my cycle in bed, and I never understood that there was another way to live. Everyone I knew had painful periods. Everyone I knew was taking medication or getting on birth control methods that ceased menstruation. And so it never really was at the forefront of my mind, besides for when I was actually bleeding and thought, this is the worst thing. Men are so lucky that they don't have to deal with this, you know, all of this all these beliefs that are so disempowering. And so when I started to dive into the wisdom of the divine feminine and learn that it's actually not normal to be horribly in pain every month with your cycle, uh, I was shocked. And I realized that just because we see something a lot doesn't mean that that's the norm or the way it's supposed to be. So it was through changing my diet, implementing herbs, and also changing the sanitary products that I was using that I found a night and day difference where suddenly my menstrual time was my favorite time of the month rather than a time that I rude every single month. Mm -hmm. 
Beautiful. And so was that the main motivation, menstrual pain and getting in touch with your feminine power that motivated you to get into the sacred feminine practices to begin with? Or did you have some kind of a mentor or introduction aside from that? And then the menstrual aspect was an added benefit. You know, it's a great question. They really happened simultaneously. I was in Guatemala studying sacred women's circles for the first time, and that was where I was introduced to some of the herbal medicine and menstrual cups. And so it's funny, they happened separate of one another, and yet, of course, there's no coincidence. It was meant to happen that I needed this safe space to be able to explore my femininity, and then I was ready to be open to new ideas that would help me heal my cycle. There must have been something that motivated you to go to Guatemala in the first place to study feminine sacred circles. What was that? Yes. Well, I didn't go to Guatemala to study circles because um, I truly went to Guatemala on a whim, on an intuitive desire. Uh And so once I was there, I saw a little handwritten poster on the side of a building in the middle of the jungle set a sacred women's circle. And I remember feeling really curious, but also very hesitant because I never had healthy relationships with other women. I had my own beliefs about what that would look like. And yet my intuition was really speaking to me, guiding me, pushing me to go. And of course, that one circle changed the trajectory of my entire life. Yeah. And was this a circle put on by the indigenous people of Guatemala, the indigenous women, or was this a different population that was hosting this circle in Guatemala that you went to? Yeah, that's a good question. It was a beautiful woman who actually was from Cyprus, and she had studied with the Mayan women for a number of years. And so she was blending the two and really created this powerful container for indigenous women and women from all over the world to gather together. So it was a very unique, beautiful, respectful way to blend these worlds. Ah, Okay, so there were indigenous women in the circle, and then there were international women visiting there in the circle as well. Yes. Excellent. So wonderful. So this started a whole new trajectory for your life, and then that has woven into your studies to become a naturopathic doctor. Was this before you had studied to become a naturopath? Yes. Uh At this point, I had just done my undergrad in health and nutrition, but had no no path forward. I didn't know what uh, the next step would be because I certainly didn't believe in the type of schooling I had been immersed in, which was, you know, the food guide pyramid and you can't heal chronic diseases. And it was very, very limiting. And so I knew that there was no path forward for me in that way. And so it wasn't until I got back to the United States from my travels that I decided it's time for me to take this to the next level, to really be able to serve others. And to do that, I need to get my doctorate. And so in your naturopathic studies, did you learn, I'm imagining you learned different things that yet that you then what you had learned as an undergrad and how did they reconcile the difference between what's taught in undergrad health and nutrition and then what's taught in the naturopathic doctor training, you know, I mean, naturopaths use food and nutrition as a central way of helping you heal chronic illnesses and yet uh, in health and nutrition classes as an undergrad, you were told that that wasn't possible. Um, How is that reconciled? It was a night and day difference. Mm -hmm. And 
by the time I'd finished my undergrad, I was so disillusioned. I really felt like maybe, maybe this whole thing was a waste of time because I have memorized facts and figures and stats that I do not believe to be true. Mm. And so when I went to naturopathic school, I remember sitting there thinking, these are my people. These are my people. We're talking about how the body is capable of healing and that a diagnosis is not a sentencing and rather an opportunity to heal. Mm -hmm. And so it was such a beautiful experience and really gave me that space to look at myself and my own healing journey in a very, very different light. Beautiful. And so you had got this seed of inspiration with the women's circles and your own experience of healing your own menstruation on your sort of pre-doctorate journey post grad you know post <laughs> undergrad i have a, i had journeys like that too of like leaving the country experiencing new things new perspectives and regaining forward momentum in your journey and so you subsequently studied to become a naturopath found your people and began your practice with this focus of how to help other women also come to a better understanding of their menstrual cycle a healthier way of being a healthier way of nourishing ourselves and regulating our hormonal cycles and, and optimizing our reproductive health and our feminine empowerment and all of this combined with the, the spirituality of the, of the women's circles, which is lovely. And so I'm curious what the next part is of uh, what the, the main course of what you wanna share with us today of like, what do you find yourself talking to your clients about most frequently of how to regulate their hormonal patterns and come to a healthier way of being with their menstrual cycle. Yes. So I've got five recommendations here to share with everyone to help connect you to your womb, to help you heal your menstrual cycle, and to help you reconnect to your intuition because it is all hand in hand. You can't do one without the other. So my first recommendation is to nourish the womb with herbal medicine. And I'm sure you talk a lot about this. They are such a beautiful blend and our bodies were meant to work with herbs. Our bodies know exactly how to work with the cell receptors in herbal medicine. My two favorites are red raspberry leaf and motherwort. They're two very gentle herbs, ones that are great for the vast majority of all women. And what these do is gently rebalance the hormones, tonify the uterus, flood the body with iron, which is something that we need, especially if we are still menstruating. And they're also going to help us regulate our hormones. And so we're going to see less of the quote, stereotypical symptoms of menstruation or menopause or anything where we see hot flashes or PMS or food cravings, all of that is a symptom of the hormonal imbalance. So really addressing your health through herbal wisdom and allowing it to become part of your ritual to make this something that you really look forward to where it is out of an act of love rather than obligation each day. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. And then two of my favorite ingredients in my herbal blends. Uh, They're the best. They're the best. Yes. I have an empty jar right here that used to be full of red raspberry (laughs) leaves. I just added to an herbal blend that I made for my, for my um, biomystical womb apprentices. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Right here. The best. Yes. So the next tool is to learn to embrace your monthly cycles 
and to learn how you fluctuate with the moon. And whether or not you have a physical menstrual cycle, your body is still fluctuating with the moon phases every single month. And when we learn how to connect to this cyclical rhythmic nature, then we learn how to honor ourselves. Because there are times of the month when we're going to naturally have a dip in energy, where we feel more introverted, need more space. And there's going to be other times when we feel bold and our libido is incredibly high and we feel creative and expansive. And so a key thing here is when we learn how to live with our cycles, we avoid the burnout cycle. Mm-hmm. that so many women fall into, whether we're entrepreneurs or in the business world or mothers, so easy to burn out and become scattered. Mm-hmm. So to embrace your cycles is to simply recognize that you are not meant to be the same or constant every single day, like we would more so associate with the masculine solar energy. So just that right there could absolutely change someone's life to learn that it's okay to not feel the same way every day. Oh my gosh, just having permission, right? To be mm. in a feminine body that that cycles with the seasons even, as well as the lunar cycles mm. with the seasons of nature. Yes. And just starting to to relate to that in in a way of being at one with it and an active participant and and not trying to dominate that. Mm. And are not trying to override any of that, but instead being an embodied um, participant and seeing that as a real blessing and a gift Mm. and revering those cycles as a map, as maps and guides for how creation and life actually regenerates itself Mm. instead of an inconvenience or something to, to be, you know, pushed aside or gotten past so that we can do this linear creation process. That linear creation process doesn't work. Yes. Right. Especially not for women. And um, it's not how nature works. It's not how life regenerates itself. So um, yes. yes, I could go on and on about this. So thank you for bringing that. So you have a few more points you wanted to, to add. Yes. So my third tip is to change the way that you bleed. So if you do have a menstrual cycle, it can be really challenging to really recognize it as a sacred time, or I love the word you used, revere it as an empowering time when you are in pain. And one of the most common reasons why women experience debilitating periods or severe cramping, bloating, headaches is because of their sanitary products. Most commercial pads and tampons are full of chemicals like genetically modified cotton, mercury, as well as xenoestrogens, which are false estrogens. <sighs> I know, I know. It's horrifying, really, to dive into it. So if already you feel like you're not breathing as deeply, take a deep breath. But these products mm. are meant to make you bleed more so that they sell more products. And because... Oh. They are considered a medical device by the FDA. You as the consumer get to know nothing. So they don't have to tell you the ingredients, or the processes. So is this a deliberate addition of these products to make that's known to make women bleed more severely? How do you, how do you know? I mean, can you back up that, assert, uh, that assertion that these companies are deliberate? Was there research done on it? Why don't we know this, that this was deliberate? 
Yes, I do have a big blog post on my website with all the independent studies that have been done because, yeah, they're not talking about this. There are some great posts coming out um, on the Huffington Post and The Guardian, I think, was another one. So they are starting to talk about this, but it's funny how they just never get any traction. They're kind of like stuck under the rug, don't want to, don't want people to see this. So the xenoestrogens especially are what are going to cause all sorts of differences in our hormones, and that's what's going to cause women to bleed longer. So it's not normal to bleed for five, six, seven days a month. That's exceptionally long. And so that's why often when women make the switch to at least organic pads or tampons or a menstrual cup or, you know, period panties, they see their cycle reduce dramatically down to two or three days. And they're always blown away by that. But that's the normal cycle length for most women. Mm -hmm. So it is very, very dark and sinister. And I, I know it's intense to talk about, but knowledge is power. So just by changing the way you menstruate every month will transform how you connect to it. Mm. And there's other options that we talk about in some of the groups uh, that are really getting it deeply into menstrual reverence, um, you know, free bleeding. Yes. You have a free, uh, a, you know, you just sit on, uh, you have a red towel or a special mat that you sit on so that that is what's collecting your blood or you're actually free bleeding outside on the yes. earth on sacred bleeding stones or things like that um, is another option. Uh, yes. Reusable menstrual, cotton menstrual pads are a lovely option. Um, mm -hmm. And we get into all of those practices in the, in the biomystical womb. Amazing. Uh, apprenticeship as well. So thank you for validating and, supporting us in our journey here from the from the naturopathic medical perspective and giving us this empowering information of you know wow and i mean i'm not surprised because big corporations are notorious for you know sinister yeah. money making uh stuff that has no regard for our health and well-being we're just sources of income. So there we go yes. again. The domination model of eco economics that extracts caring for each other from the equation once again is failing us. No surprise there. And yep. yet every time we hear about it, it's like, oh, it's heartbreaking. How can we be doing this to ourselves as a species? Exactly. Uh, so anyway, all right. So that's number, what was that? Number three? Number three, okay. yes. So you have a couple more? Big I got two more. Hey, okay. I can't wait to hear it now. So the fourth one is to implement vaginal steaming. And before this call, we touched on steaming and, and we're both super passionate about it. And this is going to help you regulate your cycles, rebalance your pH, increase your fertility, really just do wonders to nourish again the womb, the cervix, and the yoni. And there's so many amazing herbs out there. I love mugwort and yarrow and rose. Those are some of my go-tos for my own steams. Um, well, I'd be curious to hear what some of your go-tos are. Well, I have studied a whole, uh, those, are, those are big in most of my recipes. But looking at, uh, I do a whole menstrual cycle analysis. I trained with Steamy Chick, Kelly Garza. Have you, are you familiar with her work? Yes, I, I did her training as well. Okay, did you do the whole peri-steam hydrotherapy training or just the, just the first one? Okay. Mm -hmm. So she talks about um, different cycle symptoms needing different 
um, herbal formulas. Mm. And so I don't know if you took her herbal formulation, herbal uh, steam formulation and when you took it because it's been updated in, the, in recent times. And so there's certain herbs that are included to tonify the womb if it's having symptoms of fatigue, like excess bleeding or spotting, short cycles, things like that. And there's other herbs that are added to help with, help alleviate stagnation if, uh, if women are having symptoms of stagnation, like super long cycles or, no, or missing periods and things like that. Um, and then, of course, there's herbs that you would add if women are having heat symptoms, excess heat in the body, or if um, women are having excess dampness in the body. There's different herbs that address that, but the ones that you listed are some of like the standard, like base of the formula, and then you add these other herbs to help with all of those different mm. um, symptom patterns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's amazing. It's truly such a life-changing therapy, and it's so simple, and it feels so innate to do. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. And I'm so glad to um, have met you and be able to share your blog posts about vaginal steaming and things like that to counteract some of the naysayers out mm. there that are um, really promoting misinformation and suppressive ideas about um, about vaginal steaming in really surprising ways. Like, you know, I just made a blog post recently about one of my mentors who came out with this blog post against one of my herbal mentors, you know, against vaginal steaming. And it's like, what? Equating it to, you know, really harmful traditional practices like, you know, genital mutilation and, and foot binding, you know, and it's like, it is so not that, so far away from anything like that. And it's really a traditional um, practice that, uh, that needs to be reclaimed and, and um, brought back into our day-to-day -day lives. Yes. And um, so I'm so glad that you're uh, speaking out about it and um, sharing the information. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> Like yes, yes. <laughs> All right. And then we've got one more here, and that is to choose to listen to your gut. Because if you're wanting to reconnect your intuition to your womb, to the seat of your empowerment as a woman, you must get out of your head, get out of the logical, linear way of thinking that most of us have been taught is the right way, and get back into your body, get back into your gut, those deep, instinctual feelings we get when we know we're meant to do something where we know we're meant to not do something. And there's lots of ways you can get into this. You can dance, why a lot of belly dancing or deep hip movement kinds of dances are so nourishing because they get us back into our center of our power. But a womb meditation is also a beautiful way to do that. Or whenever I'm making a large decision, I lay my hand on my womb and check in with her because I understand that this is my center of power, of intuition, of my femininity. And so if I can stay connected to her, I'm staying connected to who I truly am. Mm. Well, there you go. You just <laughs> plugged my biomystical womb healing nine-minute apprenticeship because that's <laughs> what we're doing and really deepening that practice of listening to our womb and recognizing the centrality and that direct connection to divine guidance 
mm. and our sole purpose that our womb is. You know, I talk yes. about all the time how the womb is the portal uh, between the spirit realm and the physical realm, and the womb is the way that we embody spirit, mm. and and it makes that bridge between the our spirituality and our biology. Yes. And actually helps us to embody. And I could go on and on about why this embodiment impulse and direction of spiritual practice is the evolution that I feel that we as human beings need to focus on to counteract the detrimental effects of the transcendent or ascension impulse of spiritual mm. practice that's taking us away to some other place elsewhere. Um, instead of bringing us fully into who we are here. And mm. so we could go on and on about that and spiritual bypassing and all of that. But <laughs> what I wanted to mostly bring with this interview with you here today are these points that you gathered for us to assert as a naturopath and with your focus on menstrual health for women. The, you, you brought us five really poignant, important steps to take. And that's wonderful. And so I'm, I want to thank you for that and also ask you um, about your practice. Do you mostly work with women in person or do you also have online options? Do you work with people over the phone or over the internet? Yes, I have um, completely transitioned to working online. And so it's been really, really amazing to be able to connect with more women all over the world and so many different time zones. And women are so hungry for this information. They are tired of being told that there's nothing you can do. It's just genetic. Your body's just betraying you. It's age. You know, uh, women are not getting the answers they want. And so it's so beautiful to me to see women actively searching for someone that will listen and will give them true information that will help them. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And so if someone wanted to connect with you, perhaps set up an appointment to talk about these things, how would they do so? Yeah, they can connect with me at goddessceremony.com. And I have a three month immersive experience for women that are really serious about ending the painful period cycle, ending the self sabotage thing that we tend to fall into and really get the clarity they need to understand who they are and what their next step is. Beautiful. Wow. So exciting. So glad to meet you. Um, Cassandra, I'm just delighted. I'm like speechless. With how delighted. <laughs> and I, um, I want to discuss with you after we end this initial podcast, the possibility of, of having subsequent interviews where we dive into more depth into some of these topics. But I think we'll just wrap it up for now. And um, stay tuned, listeners for more from the Sama Cassandra show. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you'll be into that, Cassandra. And, um, and again, if you want to learn more about the womb-centered healing temple offerings and the biomystical womb healing nine moon apprenticeship, where we're going to be implementing many of these things that actually all of the things that Cassandra is talking about, um, you can go to wombcenteredhealing.com to learn about that as well. 
So thank you once again, Cassandra. Are there any last words of wisdom you would like to share with us to, uh, to end? Mm, I'm so grateful for this connection. One last piece of advice I would tell any woman is to remember that all things are working in your favor. And so when you feel like your body is seemingly out of balance, or if you feel like you're not sure the next step, or maybe you're even feeling completely depleted or lost or disconnected, know that all things have gathered you to this exact moment in time so that you can have that next step forward. So know that you are supported in whatever you do. Mm, gorgeous. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Cassandra. All right. Well, that's all for now. And uh, until next time.